You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 133 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the spare room studio again this week is my co-host Matt Smith. Hello everyone. Episode 133. 133. That's a really scary number, isn't it? I know, it's amazing, isn't it? So it is the 7th of October and the time is... Well, it's quarter past seven. We're only, we're only 15 yeah. minutes late this week. <laughs> only 15 very good minutes going, late. Yeah, very so good quite going. good. It's quite good. And a big welcome to everyone who has joined us in a very the full chat room YouTube both. Yeah, chat room and, and also the Facebook mm. chat room because we are on both, which yes. is kind of weird. weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> hello to everyone in it's the chat room. I, it's because I, I like to give myself lots of new things to learn. So I'm Lots busy. Hat, I'm busy right. trying to work out how to do do the whole Facebook <laughs> Live thing. So it's uh, quite cool. And so far, touch wood, it is working. So yes. So if you are on Facebook uh, or on YouTube, both chat rooms are being monitored. So feel free to get your messages in and uh, any any messages that we get obviously we'll read them out during the show feel free to comment on the stories as we do uh every single week um but uh yeah it, that, that's it so we've got quite we've got lots, we've got of, stories lots of stories to, get through, to yeah. go through um we've got uh, a few bits of military news and we've also got uh, one of the interviews that we took mm. at the the seating show yes. with with Stuart, who is my instructor, and who's also the guy yes. that you all know in the chat room is a guy that flies the parachute plane at uh, LOL. I am learning to fly at Beckles. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah, we've got the interview we done with him, and and yeah, that's uh, something yeah. from Pilot Pip. Something. Oh, we've got a segment from Pip. Yeah. We've actually got a segment from Pip this week, which is which is quite good. Yeah. So. Uh, which is all about land. Uh, sorry, takeoffs. It's all about takeoffs this Not week. Landings, Not then. landings. Not no, landings. Right. No. Okay, good. Yeah. Do you know what? Talking about um, landings, um, I, was, I was looking in Stuart's logbook. Yes. Yesterday at the flying at the flying school. He doesn't um, land, does he? <laughs> I know. Sort of skims uh, the ground and takes well, off again. I, I was looking looking at uh, Stuart's uh, logbook at the, at the flying school. Apart from having, um, it was over two and a half. Uh, I don't know over. No, it was over one and a half thousand hours. Bro, blimey! I think it was eight, one and a half yeah. thousand hours or something. He's got, um, he's got just under four and a half thousand land takeoffs <gasps> and landings. <laughs> wow! In his yeah, because he's not actually in the air very long each time, no, is he? So he's no. literally taking off and landing, taking yeah. off and landing. I mean, it's, it's amazing. His, yeah. his logbook is is huge. Yeah, I can, uh, I can stuff. imagine. It's, yeah. it's massive. I'm amazed though. Is there not a digital equivalent these days? I mean, I'm just sort of surprised that it's all prob- still paper-based, if you yeah. see what I mean. It is pa- yeah. paper-based, so predominantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it just amazed me. I thought, my God, <laughs> that's a lot of landings. It is a lot of landings and takeoffs uh, and takeoffs. Yes, because yeah. with every takeoff, yeah. there has to be a landing, so it must be the same. So greetings, as I said, to everyone in the chat room who's joined yeah. us for the yeah. show. Do you want to whiz um, through who we've got in the chat room oh before my we word. start? We have got. Uh, pff, pff, if I miss anyone, I, I apologise um, now. Uh, we've got uh, the legend that is Neville Bounds, ah, um, the legend Mariana P. Main yes. man Micah, Benjamin Todd, uh, Myler's in the chat room, Shortbacker's in the chat room, uh, Tony S, Ray Davis. Um, 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 uh, Ray, Davi- Ray Davis Pip. is actually multitasking because he's in the uh, <laughs> Facebook chat room as well. Uh, Piper, I'll just as is Neville. Down. Yes. Owen is in the chat room as yep. well. Um, pa- uh, Paul Tricker is in the chat room as well. I'm just grinding Tony down. Ab- Abba one, uh, Abu Abba, what Abu uh, Abba that, one? Now South, South Africa, South we didn't get his name. Did He's we? in South his Africa. Yeah, sorry. He's in South Africa. Ray mm. Davis is in the chat room as well. 
And just still scrolling there. Dan Hannington is in the chat ah, room, our resident he's, photographer. I say, man. He's been missing for a little while, actually. Yeah, yes. Where is your excuse notes, sir? I, yeah, where is your. <laughs> Glenn Towler is in the chat room as yeah. well. Um, and there's people sort of nipping in and out. Mm. Uh, Dr. Steph ah, is in the yes. chat room as well. Yes, now she's um, got something very important Barbara, going on this weekend. Barbara's in the chat room. Barbara. Hi, Hello, Barbara. Barbara. Yes. Uh, Dr. Steph's got something very important going on this weekend, I think, because it is her. Oh, marathon. Jennifer. Asked our guest from the, a few uh, weeks Indeed, back, yes, yes, from yeah. last week, yes. Uh, yeah, Dr. Steph's got something very important going on, and that's her marathon that she's doing for charity. Mm, yeah. Uh, we did mention that, and we put the links in the show notes, didn't we, to... Um, it's on the show notes on on, on YouTube. Is I it? I think the link. Okay. I think with the link we put on there. I'll double check. Double yeah. check. Um, to, to sponsor, because we did... Uh, me and Matt uh, put a little bit of sponsorship money towards uh, Steph mm. for her achievement that she's going to obviously... Breeze through mentally. Well, of course, absolutely. Yes, you know, Steph does a thousand miles a day. Mm. Yes, yeah, so, and uh, that's that in between fine. eating chicken nuggets. I should. Say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I wonder yeah. if she eats chicken nuggets en route. Possibly. <laughs> Perhaps she has them liquefied <laughs> in a. In a oh, that know. sounds horrific. <laughs> <laughs> that's really nasty. <laughs> oh, oh, she should actually. Al should really technically fly out there to be with her, Captain Al. What? What? what feeding? Do. Feeding a chicken yeah, nuggets while yeah, she runs yeah. around. We have oh, got some. We have got some housekeeping to do this week we do okay uh, uh, as it's the uh, it's kind of it's the beginning of the month yes it is it's first show um, oh there we go that's a bit better that's a bit quiet yeah it's not quite so deafening yes yeah. <laughs> deafened everyone now yeah, so with that music then it is obviously the Patreon fund and uh, we're going to say a big thank you to all our Patreon donators who donate to the show each month. I can't possibly talk I'm too busy grooving. He's grooving. Um, so we're going to go through our Patreon awesome Patreon donators uh, starting off Dr. Steph uh, Jeff Newman Turn that down a bit more. There we go. <laughs> Jeff Newman, uh, Ray Williams uh, Adrian Meacham, uh, Captain Al and Schuttbacher as well, Philip Leib York Moller, Andy Hopper, Evan Shue, uh, Jenny Parkinson in Rome, uh, Ryan Harper, and uh, the lovely Myla as well is uh, also there on our Patreon donator list. So a massive thank you to all our Patreon donators and uh, for the uh, guys as well who have donated through PayPal. But if you want to donate to the show via Patreon, just take yourselves over to our website, www.plaintalkinguk.com, and just click on the link and uh, you can donate, well, anything, a, p- a dollar mm. or two dollars or whatever, it doesn't matter. And if, obviously... Uh, for those of you who are learning to fly, such as myself, uh, or uh, or you're buying a house or a new car, or you're planning on going on a sunny holiday somewhere, save your money and enjoy yourself. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, but a big thank you to all those Patreon donators. Very we, much, we do it. appreciate yeah. it. And uh, well, it uh, the money we we finished paying for our, our banner. Our banner, this yes, month, absolutely. Our PTK I, I banner. have to say, and I, 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 we were talking about this beforehand. Actually, one of the things that has taken us by surprise is the whole uh, Brexit thing has had yeah. such an amazing effect on the. Oh, hello, there sorry, we go. thank you. Oh, <laughs> that was a bit of a car crash. I know. You're a sorry. DJ, I really. Know. I'm trying to use a touchscreen here. <laughs> Honestly, but it's what's taken me really by surprise, obviously, with the whole Brexit thing, the effect it's had on the pound versus the dollar. Oh, god, yeah. Oh, blimey, it's I really know. had a, a, a quite a quite a, a detrimental 
um, effect, doesn't it, really, on the old... On the, everything. The exchange rate is not friendly. <laughs> I've, just so read, as as I've just read in the chat room what Paul Trick has put about them. This, mu- this music is bordering on pornographic. <gasps> <gasps> it is, yes. It is. It's smoke, smoking uh, jacket, it's pipe smoking and slippers, jacket. you see. That, that, that's what it is. One needs to be very, very relaxed. It's the Hugh Hefner music. I think that's what it, we're calling it. Is it right? Mm. Okay. Yes. So, right. That's a bit of uh, housework done. Uh, we're going to uh, start the show then. As we do each week. I suppose you want to press some buttons. Well, that now, would be good. You? Okay, so I'm chatting in the phone. Oh, right, she's chatting in the okay. Right, okay. Yes, all, right. all right, I'll do what I'm supposed to do, shall I? So we're going to start the show, <laughs> as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. <laughs> do I look like I'm ready? No, not no. really. <laughs> okay, let's go. So kicking off this week's first news story, uh, this one is on our local uh, paper here, news site, mm. on the Dis Express site. And uh, it's uh, some sad news that was actually um, from last weekend on Sunday. Uh, it's something close to home, and it uh, affected someone uh, who we all um, know about in the area and who... Uh, you know who who flies in the area. Mm. Uh, you probably would have heard us mentioning him on the show at uh, various points during the year because uh, he flies over here in a P fifty one Mustang. Uh, but the uh, the headline Hardwick plane crash investigation into accident could take some months. Uh, this is regarding a, a crash that happened last uh, Sunday here, uh, just uh, not too far from us at Hardwick Airfield. And uh, sadly, uh, the passenger of the aircraft, uh, an 80-year-old passenger uh, who's not yet been named, died, uh, unfortunately, in the accident. Um, The pilot, uh, who is quite well known in the area, uh, Morris Hammond, uh, who is from uh, the village of Eye, is being cared for at the Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital, which is uh, just a few uh, minutes up the road from where we are here. And uh, a spokesman uh, for the AAIB, or the Air Accident Investigation Bureau, uh, said that the investigators arrived on the site uh, on Sunday uh, when the uh, they began the process of uh, gathering evidence. And um, it, uh, on Wednesday, uh, they were planning on taking the wreckage uh, to the facility in Farnborough uh, where the detailed examination uh, will be carried out on the wreckage. Uh, it involved uh, Mr. Hammond's P-51D Mustang named Janie and it's among a fleet of vintage aircraft that he owns. Uh, Collectively called Hardwick Warbirds, the fleet includes two Mustangs, one Texan, one Oster, and a Stearman. Uh, They were all built in the 1940s during the Second World War, and Janie was one of a batch of ten planes constructed by North American Aviation in Dallas, Texas in 1945. It was shipped to New Zealand in August that year and based at Hobsonville in Auckland, where it was used by the New Zealand Air Force until 1955. Mr. Hammond brought uh, the plane in 1997 and brought it back to the UK for a complete restoration, which took four and a half years. Its first flight in civilian operation took place in 2001. Uh, the Mustang, a vintage model from the Second World War, is thought to have been valued at between one and one and a half million pounds. Obviously, um, um, it's very sad indeed about the mm. uh, you know the passenger who died in in the crash. Uh, very unfortunate indeed. But obviously, our thoughts all go out to uh, not only him but also the uh, to Morris Hammond as well because uh, he's a 
quite a well-loved pilot in the area and uh, he he puts on some fantastic displays mm. uh, in the air over where we live here yeah. um, in, in the village where we live and obviously everyone who listens to the show will know that the Mustang, P-51 Mustang has one heck of a noise when diving mm. yeah. um, and uh, it's, it's sad news and uh, it's such a shame obviously this has happened and obviously investigation will, will be taken place by the AAIB mm. And hopefully they'll get to the bottom of what exactly happened um, last Sunday. But sad news. But sad news. It so is. moving on to yep. the next story. Indeed, and yes, the next uh, story. This is with this me. Is, this is uh, something a bit, bit, uh, bit more um, mm. special for Matt. Uh, it's yes. not a Ryanair story, though. Oh. I will have to point out that again this week, I've neglected to give you a Ryanair story. Mm, I'm sure that will uh, be corrected at some point. But it's good. Uh, Are you ready for this, Okay, yes, okay. So this is on the Metro website, uh, metro.co.uk, and the headline is, Airline introduces child-free zones on all its flights. Mm -hmm. An airline has managed to make a lot of people's dreams come true and seriously anger a lot of others, all in one fell swoop. They're introducing child-free zones on their planes. Indian budget carrier Indigo has adopted a quiet zone policy for its premium seats, meaning that children under the age of 12 aren't allowed to sit in those areas. Judging from the general reaction to this announcement, you're either like like this right now, um, which I shall just pop on uh, pop up on the screen, which is basically a lady drinking champagne out of a shoe, out of a shoe and dancing. Or like this, which is a crying baby. Uh, unsurprisingly, the idea has gone down well, very well, in fact, with the frequent flyers, who are people um, who don't have children and pretty much anyone who's had to sit through a long-haul flight with a baby screaming beside them or a kid kicking the back of their seat, which we're guessing is most people who have ever been on an aeroplane, which is perhaps a little unfair, but uh, we'll gloss over that. Um, so yes, uh, but but there's also been a massive backlash to the announcement, uh, mainly from parents who resent being made to feel like they're not welcome on flights with their kids. The policy is discriminatory. Um, uh, somebody from Prune in Western India told the uh, Hindu, whichever this <laughs> told this in this uh, Indian newspaper, and uh, people online have been complaining too. Although they are definitely outnumbered by those in favour of quiet, child-free flights. In a statement, the airline said, keeping in mind the comfort and convenience of all passengers, row numbers 1 to 4 and 11 to 14 are generally kept as quiet zones in Indigo flights. These zones have been created for business travellers who prefer to use the quiet time to do their work. Hmm. Child childless sections of aircraft. I mean, I can. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I mean, think I, it's brilliant. I can kind of see. <laughs> I can kind of oh. see. Um, why why they're doing it? But um, mm. yeah, I'm I, 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 yeah the the backlash thing. I yeah. can't I can't see every airline adopting this thing where they have a section just mm. you know free, free of children. It, it, um, would I pay to sit in that section? Mm. I don't know. I think. Sorry about that. That was a notification again. I told I you turn to turn those off, and you did. How rude! Honestly, you can't get you can't get the stuff. Would I? Would you? I pay to sit in a set? If if I was <laughs> well, look on at you trying to put it back on message. If, <laughs> if I was on if I was on a flight that going to New Zealand, which is got a 20, long twenty or twenty four hours, yeah, 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 yeah. would I want to sit next to a screaming baby for twenty four hours? The baby is not likely to scream continuously not for twenty four hours. hours. No. Um, but would I? I don't know. It's a tough one. 
I but love they, but they have they have the right to travel with their mum and dad, and I mean you think you've got a very very small child um, where ear pressures and things are, mm. are not equalising yeah. as well as they do for <laughs> you and me. Hello, <laughs> what's going on there? Neville um, Bounds, you um, are such a funny man. Is he? Uh, BA, oh yes, I BA, like that. Yes. BA are planning a Carlos free zone starting tomorrow. Excellent. Very, I think funny that's highly Neville. recommended. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think. Don't that's you a great laugh, Doctor Steph? <laughs> Don't you laugh? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so you see, uh, Owens actually said, "See, the thing is, is that uh, thing is, this airline uses A320, so it really doesn't matter where you sit. You're going to hear the kids. True. <laughs> That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, it's absolutely. Because obviously, we all know the A320s are made out, of the Airbus are made out of paper mache and stuff. So Boeing are obviously made out of proper, um, you know, proper stuff." Hmm. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Hi, yes. Captain Al. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, no. So, I, I mean, what I what I'm saying really is, um, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't particularly want to be on a flight where somebody is absolutely screaming their heads off and they're sort of very distressed about the whole experience. Mm. But you have to ex- accept the poor little kid won't have any idea what's going on. They won't know why their ears are hurting because of the extreme pressure changes and all that kind of thing. I, must um, admit, I don't agree with um, family uh, with parents who travel with. Very very young babies. I think mm. that's that's not very nice. Right. Not just because of the scream, but obviously because I, I have to say, I feel I I would I would I think we mm. covered this like last week or the week before. I'd feel much more comfortable with the fact, like you do in a car, mm. you know, where you have to. I don't like the idea of them being sort of held in their arms. Do you know what I mean? Because Owens put Boeing still haven't found a way to soundproof children. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, uh, <laughs> I tell you what. If somebody could patent pen that, they would make a Tony, small fortune. Tony S yeah. in the chat oh, room has no. put, "You can't hear screaming kids on a seven three seven due to the ambient noise." <laughs> I love Is that. that. What it's called? I know. Okay. So good, moving yes. on to the I next think, story. Yes, I think we should move on now before we <laughs> all moving get sued. On, moving yeah. on to the next story. Uh, this one is on the. This is an interesting website. Uh, the DW dot com website. Or DW. DW made for minds. And the headline. <laughs> this was now, such this a made weird me story yeah, when yeah, I found this, this one. Laugh, See yeah. what you think of this one, guys. The uh, headline, Airline TUI Fly cancels flights after all crews call in sick. Ooh. German carrier TUI Fly has cancelled around 98 flights scheduled for today. The cancellations occurred after all their flight crews called in sick on extremely short notice. Oh. The uh, subsidiary tour operator uh, TUI announced the cancellation. Uh, today and the affected flights included nine, uh, 49 departures from Germany, 49 return flights from various uh, vacation destinations uh, in Europe. Around 9,000 passengers uh, will be impacted by today's cancellations, spokesman uh, woman for the airline's parent company TUI said. TUI has chartered airplanes from other airlines in order to bring vacations home from holiday resorts, and the company said that further cancellations could be expected over the next few days. Wow. Now, the carrier had initially stated that all 108 flights on Friday were cancelled. However, 10 flights will take place using rented aircraft and provisional crew. Four flights will go to the Turkish resort city of Antalya, Mm. while the others will fly to Palma de Mallorca, and respective return journeys will also take place. Uh, Scheduled flight times are subject to disruption. All other flights from Germany, Austria and Switzerland scheduled for October the 7th are cancelled due to crew shortages, TUI announced on their website. The decision to cancel flights came after all of TUI's cabin crew and pilots called in sick, according to TUI. The group 
uh, the crew gave extremely short notice to the airline, making it impossible to inform customers earlier and offer alternative plans. The airline has uh, seen less severe disruptions in recent days, with 47 of Thursday's TUI flights cancelled due to crews reporting themselves sick. Hmm. The mass crew call-offs come amidst rising concerns over the company's future and the future of its 2,400 employees. On Wednesday, the struggling German airline Air Berlin announced it would hold talks with TUI and the Abu Dhabi-based Etihad on possibly merging some of the company's business with TUI Fly. According to earlier statements from TUI, the spokesman and the collective bargaining agreements at TUI Fly, as well as the company's headquarters in Hanover, would not be endangered by the possible reorganisation. Oh dear. Mm. Calling in sick. Uh, why can't everyone do that where I work? <laughs> Call in sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. It's just, it's, it's just one of the. You, can you imagine, though, because if they're all calling the same number, can you imagine the person on the end of the phone there busy taking the, the, the sort of like the, the sick notifications just thing? It's like you get the phone goes and it's like, let me guess, you're phoning in sick. Yeah, you know, by the time you've had about 20 or 30 people making that phone call, you're immediately going to think, hmm. Something's not right here. This mm. <laughs> pipe has put some unhappy flight crews there. Yeah, it must be. Mm, really absolutely. Unhappy. So, I mean, why why have they done this and not just called a strike? That's what I don't really understand. Because yeah, that's essentially uh, what they've done unofficially, yeah. isn't it? Kind of a group thing, you know. Mm. Is it, it, we'll, all, we'll all. Somebody's do this. obviously all sort of sat, mm. sat down together and decided, right, we're all going to phone in sick on that day. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> so moving on to the next story. Uh, yes, the next story. And uh, well, it's. I mean, we've covered one of these stories every day have, the, or yeah. every episode for the last two or three episodes. three or four weeks. So now, we may yeah, as well absolutely. we may as well cover another one. Why not? Absolutely. So uh, left with the resident technical expert, as always. This is on a you. random. It's the New York Times today. Ooh. Oh, we're reading from the New York Times. Oh, how very posh! Brace yourselves for terrible English, everyone. Uh, Southwest flight evacuated after Samsung phone catches fire, says really? airline. A Southwest Airlines flight scheduled to leave. Uh, uh, Louisville uh, on the on Wednesday morning was evacuated on the runway after a passenger Samsung cell phone caught fire. <laughs> passengers and the airline said Southwest said in a statement that passengers and airline employees were taken off flight 994, which was scheduled to leave the Balt- for Baltimore after a customer reported smoke emitting from a Samsung electronic device. The uh, the Vergi uh, identified the passenger as uh, Brian Green and his phone as a replacement Galaxy Note 7. That's worrying. A replacement Galaxy Note 7. A Samsung spokesman said in a statement on Wednesday that the company was unable to immediately confirm which device was involved in the episode. We are working with the authorities and Southwest now to recover the device and confirm the cause, the statement said. Once we have examined the device, we will have more information to share. The company, which is the world's largest smartphone maker, announced last month that it would replace 2.5 million of the handset of the smartphone model uh, because of a flaw in the battery cell that would result in devices bursting into flames or exploding. Mr. Green told um, 
told uh, the, the newspaper that uh, he had picked up uh, the new phone on, tw- on the 21st of September after the recall. The episode could be damaging for the company because the replacement devices were thought to be safe. The new models had been approved by the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission, which on Wednesday said it was investigating the episode. In a statement, the commission chairman said, um, this is Elliot, Elliot Kay, encouraged owners of the smartphones to turn it off and immediately participate in the recall. He also said staff members had reached out to the Federal Aviation Administration, Samsung and Mr Green, noting that the agency is moving expeditiously ex- moving really quickly to investigate this incident. Uh, Christine Sundman, 65, a retired teacher who was planning to return home to New Hampshire after visiting her daughter's family in Louisville, uh, in Louisville, sorry, was one of the passengers evacuated from the flight. Uh, she said that a woman sitting near the phone's owner had told her that the device had just been powered down when it caught fire. The owner quickly dropped the device to the floor, m- uh, Mrs. Sundman said in a phone interview. Mrs. Sundman said that she had been sitting in the seventh row of the plane and did not notice any commotion until a flight attendant rushed to the front of the uh, rushed to the front, sorry, to consult with her colleague. As they exchanged urgent whispers, Mrs. Sunman said, I hear the words smoke. Uh, the two flight attendants went into the cockpit, Mrs. Uh, Sunman said, and within seconds the captain came out and calmly told passengers that the plane had to be evacuated. She said, we did not need to use the loudspeaker to make his voice heard. Um, uh, the story goes on, basically, but you get the gist. Um, I wonder, if I'm brutally honest... Uh, I wonder if perhaps, because uh, he said he bought it after the recall, whether it was perhaps a recalled phone that was missed. Um, that's what uh, that's what I think. I I, want, I, I, th- I think the new phone is safe because they have resolved the battery issue from the research that I mm. did before we started this this episode. Um, and I think perhaps maybe this. I th- I think this is going to turn out that the serial number was actually for a a handset that should have been recalled and hadn't. Yeah. If I'm honest. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, there is a very serious fault there, and until all of the the, the rec- recalls have taken place, that you are going to have this risk. So are seriously, these, are these batteries fixed in these? Are they these aren't removable batteries? They aren't are removable. They? You they're, can't they're, they're, they've got to go back yeah, to the factory yeah, yeah, to be yeah, changed. Yeah. yeah, that's a shame because yeah. I, I think I, I think I prefer the old because I mean the HTC that yeah. I've got. Uh, the HTC M8 yep. that I've got here is, yeah, is yeah. The, the, you can't take the battery out. No, of it's that. sealed. Yeah, it's sealed. Yeah. Same Where with this. I mean, this this here is is um, my brand new phone. But That's got like, a new phone. If anybody who's been who follows me on Facebook will know, I've had a bit of a rough time of it of late. Let's be honest. But oh look, it's it's actually um it's actually doing the Facebook thing. Look, you can see there. But um, whereas whereas yeah. this one, this cheap and cheerful one I got with the dual SIM one. Yes, yeah. this, this one you can take the battery out of. You can actually take um, the battery out and put a, really. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, just one of those things, but uh, mm, yeah, uh, there, there is a. I can see why they're sealed because you can use less. You, you basically, it doesn't have to be the battery can be sort of broken up and put into mm. several parts of the mm. phone to make them slimmer and, and all that kind of thing. I get that. But, Dan Hannington's um, put that when he flew the other week, uh, cabin crew made specific reference to the Samsung Galaxy yes. Note yeah, Seven they would, no, they over do. the PA and said it must remain off for the entirety yep. of the flight. Yep, absolutely. Although. If this story is to to, to to be go by, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that it isn't going to burst into flames. Yeah, I mean, when we fly, when we fly Sunday, you know, I'll be taking this, the, yeah. the, you know, the, my generic dual SIM phone. I shall turn it off mm. before we fly anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I shan't be having it on and charging or anything like that. So, 
Um, but what about these battery packs, Matt? That, you know, this like this one here. The... Again, it depends on the quality. Um, I mean, and I know, I know. I think it was EE that were uh, were sending out free mm. um, battery packs to um, their customers. Yeah, you and they had before, to. Re- yeah. yeah, I think it was last week we were talking yeah. about, and, and they and they were recalled uh, again uh, for a similar issue where they were being charged up. And as I say, as I said last week, uh, I mean, I was doing a, a trip to. Um, Cabri World in Birmingham uh, with a, with a load of school kids, and they had one of these EE small battery packs, and it, it did sort of start smoking and smouldering. Um, ju- thankfully, just before we left, so I was able to sort of dispose of the unit and sort of put it out of harm's way. Actually, but, Owen um, in the chat room, um, he's obviously because Owen works for Harpjet, yep. and uh, he's just saying it was supposed to tell the people with the Note Seven they can't use. It. I just wonder if that's a, a sort of something that happens with Harpjet as well you know they get to have to tell I think the, um, to be honest it's more yeah. or less happening with every single um airline isn't it mm. you know every single carrier basically mm. saying that I mean it is a, it is a serious issue but I I'm more I, as I say I'm more inclined to think that actually um because um, they have resolved the issue, because it was a, it wasn't all S- Galaxy Note sevens. That that is something that he, it was only ones with certain serial numbers that had a mm. certain type of battery from a different manufacturer to to, to the other one. So it's only a certain manufacturer of the batteries. Um, but um, yeah, tricky one really. Um, I, I, I say I think it's that. I think I think it is literally that. It's I'll stick with my good old. Android phone, yeah. With uh, well, no, they HTC. are Android, aren't they? No, I'll stick with my yeah, good old I mean, HTC. HTC, and my, yeah. yeah. Okay. So move on to the next story, and uh, this one is on the Mothership uh, S.SG website, and uh, the this is what all about actually a, uh, a a suitcase that's had a bit of uh, unfortunate luck. Uh, suitcase so that's had unfortunate luck. So a Singapore woman gets uh, luggage absolutely crushed during a flight, and the airline offers. $15 Ooh, as a goodwill gesture. Steady. <laughs> which in this current climate is not a lot in no, UK pounds. No, especially, I was going to say, especially if you're converting so, it. So uh, Facebook user Jiang uh, Ying posted a, a Facebook post recounting her experience with the KLM Royal Dutch Airlines. No. In the post, she detailed what had happened to her luggage and the steps the airline took or didn't take in the aftermath. And we've got a picture here of the suitcase, uh, which uh, it's not really a suitcase. I'm not going <laughs> to. I mean, that that is not that, that that is the remnants and remains that of looks, a suitcase. Um, that's, that's if you are um, if you are listening to the podcast and you want to have a look at this picture, obviously take yourself to mothership.sg and search um, for. Um, uh, Spore, well, it's Spore, S-P-O-R, woman gets luggage absolutely crushed, and you'll be able to see that picture. But, uh, hmm, yes, there, there's not a lot left no. of that, let's be honest. So the story yeah. goes on. So um, <laughs> so her Facebook uh, post that she put on said that the, the, uh, the go it went along the lines of, worst airline ever. Uh, this is the level of service and recovery that you can expect. Crushed my baggage, promised to replace, compensate within 24 hours, failed to deliver their promise and leave helpless and stranded. No response from the airline until one week later. Expects your luggage, your crushed luggage. Um, expects your you to lug your crushed luggage back home so they can conduct, conduct a thorough investigation. Takes one week to reply every time, and don't expect any human touch because you're dealing with a website with feedback forms and no replies uh, from KLM. Uh, conclusion: Offers to pay fifteen dollars as a goodwill gesture. And hopes it uh, goes towards restoring dollars. your confidence in the airline. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Imagine, I bet. It goes yes. on to say, imagine what uh, luggage you can buy with $15 mm. at this day and age. 
Uh, pray hard that your luggage reaches your destination in one piece. Yeah. Otherwise, good luck to your KLM passengers. Now, so, t- Tony S has actually said in the chat room, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Tony S in the chat room has actually said that a good, good point here is, is it actually KLM have their own baggage handlers? Or is, I don't or know. Is, or is this like a sort of Swiss port type sort of, you know, second carrier type thing? I have no idea. Mm. Um, and then the, the story, I mean, the story, had, uh, it goes on at the end. Uh, the, obviously, the KLM did respond um, to KLM Singapore, actually, responded mm-hmm. to her uh, messages on Facebook. Uh, and uh, she's obviously got to get in, cu- in touch with customer care yeah. and, and stuff and follow a com- e-complaints customer care form with KLM Oof. online. Um <laughs> And that's basically as far as the story goes mm. on here. Um, mm. If you want to catch up with uh, what goes on on uh, Facebook, if you go on to this uh, mothership.sg website, you can see what you goes on there. You do really find some random websites. There's but, no I mean, that's definitely to... damaged. Uh, yes, I, yes, I, I just I don't think... Be 50, happy. Uh, 15 pounds is not enough. 15, or $15, sorry. It's not even 15 pounds, is it? It's about nine quid. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to have, a, gonna gonna have like, a quick look because yeah. I've got the currency converter on mm, here. Yeah. Uh, that's because somebody's fifth, going on holiday on the weekend, ladies. Fifteen dollars yeah. at today's currency conversion rates equates to twelve quid, twelve English pounds. That's more than I thought they'd get. I, I, I won't um, lie, which is that's, not good. Uh, that's not uh, bad. Or thirteen euros for our uh, European friends. Thirteen uh, euros. Um, that equates to which I don't think you'd be able to even buy a, a a laptop case for that price, let alone a suitcase. <laughs> I bought a Dunlop one from the factory <laughs> shop for a tenner. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, okay. absolutely, yeah. And I, I, in fact, it's over there. Look, look, I, I, I can show you what a tenner will buy you, in fact. Look, here we go. Oh, he's going he's gonna to show you no, his laptop. No, he's not. He can't reach. <laughs> oh, he can't reach. His headphones are pulling his head off. See, this cost me a tenner. Oh, there we go. I mean, that's, that's quite good. It's got oh, it's, wheels. It's, it's, a good, it's a good model. It's got, you know, it's got Dunlop written on it. That was a tenner from the factory shop, everyone. Not that I'm advertising... Really? Okay. Factory shop or anything. That's like actually that. not too bad. Oh, yeah, that was a little treat That's for good. you, all my bingo wings, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, so there we go. We'll leave that story as it is, and yeah. we'll move on to the next story, which is on the Mail Online site. This one is for you. Oh, is it Matt. me again? Yeah. Ooh. Hello. Oh, here we go. Uh, so this is the Mail Online website. So it's dailymail.co.uk, and if it's in the Daily Mail, it must be true. Uh, <laughs> and the headline goes: Dramatic moment. Qantas jet clips another aircraft on the runway of preparing to take off in Western Australia. This is not the news that any nervous flyer like myself wants to hear. Uh, two jets have been grounded after they were cli- after they clipped tail fins. Um, while one was preparing to take off at an airport in Western Australia. A Qantas jet bound for Perth was uh, making its way to the runway um, at... Parabudu. Parabudu. I'm very, very sorry, uh, Australian listeners. Parabudu. Parabudu? Somebody could tell me how they were going to do that. Hmm. Uh, So a Qantas uh, jet bound for Perth uh, was making its way to the runway at Perth. Parabirdo Airport mm. at around four, uh, f- half four in the afternoon. Um, and sorry, Carlos keeps moving my mouse. That's sorry. Catch my <laughs> on Wednesday when it came into contact with oh. a network aviation plane, which is owned by the same company. Around 70 travellers were forced to disembark while engineers disentangled the aircraft and filmed the moments after the collision. 
Hmm. We should have a few pictures there. Mm, I, mean, we, we, I don't think we'll, we'll risk playing the video because something might happen there. But yeah, there are some pictures there yeah. that Matt can put up on the screen. Of, yeah, um, indeed. We'll, we'll we'll do that now because, um, as I say, it's in trouble when I'm reading it. Yeah. So it's um, that's it's definitely, de- definitely it's close. definitely clipped <laughs> the clipped the, uh, the tail fin, hasn't it? And we've got another picture here from a slightly different angle. If I just scroll that up a little bit, um, he says overshooting the. Uh, there we go. Yeah, so there's from another side. So it's definitely coming contact, isn't it? It's not good, is it, really? Um, so while Quant- while um, while a Qantas spokesman uh, claimed the aircraft did not actually collide, images and footage taken from the scene seem to suggest otherwise. Um, the images appear to show the rear stabilising fins on the left-hand side touching each other while the aircraft, both Boeing 717, sit on the tarmac. Uh, Will Snaith, uh, a miner, told the Western Australia we were feeling the, we were feeling the brakes. It was uh, like a couple of jerks, but we thought it was just testing the brakes. We saw this guy jumping up and down outside the window, going stop, stop, stop. The pilot uh, taxied left, and this guy's jumping around, waving his arms, and we're thinking, mate, where's your radio? Probably a good point. Uh, <laughs> we watched the wing go underneath the tail of the other one, but it was th- it was at the back of the plane that touched. Uh, from what I'm looking at, it touched anyway. Uh, the aircraft, uh, the airport is a major transport hub for miners working in pits nearby and provides much needed link to cities elsewhere in Australia. But at least three flights out of the airport have been cancelled as of Wednesday evening, with passengers forced to delay until the following day. So uh, yes, I mean certainly those pictures would indicate, and eyewitness reports uh, would indicate that they did actually. Um, Sort of touch each other, which yeah. is um, it was. Mm. Uh, it, it didn't look too good. I, I watched the video yeah. earlier today. The video is on the website. You can actually watch it. <laughs> I don't know quite how they got the video, but you can actually watch the video of what actually yeah. happened. Uh, Liz Piper has called it the Daily Fail. That's probably Daily a very fail. appropriate thing. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good work on the uh, pronunciation there. As but I, ha- as I have to point uh, out, easy, I have to say that on, to say. on the on the picture, mm. uh, which has got the, um, the, the 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 clipping of the two tails here. Um, it looks to be lots of room there, mm. quite a lot of room. So someone's obviously made a big faux pas here. Yes, in indeed, the quite spacious. Around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Jen Ifer uh, is saying that duct tape could fix this too. Uh, fix your bag, fix your planes. Good point. Good point, Jen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and as Myler's quite rightly said, is the solution for everything. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, and if it and if it sticks and it shouldn't, then WD forty. Uh, owner said, which uh, again is another excellent. Uh, Jen, way of sponsored by duct tape. It's good. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on to <laughs> the next story on the Manchester Evening News, this one. Mm. and uh, the Ah, yes. Now, 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 this actually made the radio for a change. Really? Yeah, it did. Yeah. In fact, no, actually, there was an altercation on a... Uh, let me read the story and I'll... I'll um, yeah. So the story, the headline, and Jet 2 plane forced to return to the airport with technical fault for a fourth time. Hmm. So an aircraft on its way to Lanzarote on Thursday, yesterday this was, uh, was forced to land again at Manchester Airport. Uh, The problem aircraft was forced to return to Manchester Airport due to a technical fault for the fourth time. The Jet2.com aircraft, a Boeing 757-200. Right, Matt, can you just pop that photo up on the screen at the moment? Oh, no, Um, really? Of this aircraft, this 757-200. Just put that there just for a minute, just so our um, YouTube uh, viewers can see this 757-200 here. Just leave that there for a second. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We'll carry on the story. And so 
This uh, aircraft was on its way to Lanzarote and uh, when it circled around St Helens and Wigan before making a return to Manchester Airport. Uh, the captain reportedly told passengers uh, they had been forced to return to the airport due to a problem with the flaps. A Jet2.com spokesman said the plane had been diverted back to the base as a precautionary measure after a fault indication. Passengers were stuck on the grounded aircraft for more than two hours while they waited for a replacement aircraft. One passenger on the flight LS891, who asked not to be named, said the captain told us there was a problem with the flaps and that they had to land again. Everyone was very calm, although we had to wait for hours until the replacement aircraft was ready. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, it was the same plane that had the problems before. But it was the same aircraft again, registration Golf, Lima, Sierra, Alpha, Golf, that had issues with its landing gear and had to return to the airport three times, other times in the past five weeks. On October the 2nd, the same aircraft was forced to return to the airport due to a technical fault. And then on September the 7th, a flight on its way to Rhodes was forced to circle around Manchester Airport for 90 minutes because of a technical fault. The aircraft reportedly experienced an issue with landing gear and was placed in a holding pattern at 8,000 feet. The Boeing 757-200 continued to circle the airport for an hour and a half, burning fuel until it was light enough to land. Then just two days later, the aircraft was sent to fly to Faro, but encountered a holding pattern after departure. It circled uh, in the air for around 30 minutes and then was forced to return. Uh, the uh, MEN has asked Jet2.com whether the uh, or Manchester Evening News has asked Jet2.com whether they plan to use the aircraft in the future. A Jet2.com spokesperson said that our Jet2.com flight from Manchester to Lanzarote was diverted back to the base as a precautionary measure after a fault indication. The aircraft landed safely without incident and passengers will be transferred onto a replacement aircraft. We'd like to apologise to all our customers for this delay. However, their safety is our absolute priority. Now I'm just going to pop up again this picture of this 757-200 just in case you missed it uh, at the start of the uh, news story. There we are. There's that lovely 757-200 on the screen. There we go. Thank you for that, Matt. Uh, now, with anyone spot in the chat room, let's have a look. Let's just go back through the uh, chat room here to see if anyone... Obviously, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to the podcast, that will make absolutely no sense to you. And for that, I apologise. But uh, Well done yes. to Matty Fab, who spotted the slight faux pas uh, that the Manchester Evening News made. And uh, Jonathan Warner as well. Well done, Jonathan. And, uh, and to, uh, to everyone else who spotted the slight... Um, faux pas there yeah. of the story but uh, anyway so we go back to the story at hand so it um i mean it's one of those it's just a it was just a bad week a bad month for the aircraft yeah, i think absolutely. Um, yeah uh obviously nothing um not or horrible happened um but um i mean these are aircraft are old matt to be fair yeah. the the, uh, the aircraft that jet to are using the 757-200s you know they're they're old stuff now but yeah. i mean they're you know they're Damn good workhorses mm. still. So, you know, I'm Mate, sure, do, I'm sure do Jet 2 will sort them out. Yeah. So moving well, on to uh, the next story. This is for you, Matt. And yep. this is a story specially for Captain Al, if you're listening. Okay, so this is the Reuters website, Reuters.com. And the headline is Airbus Net Orders fall as it draws line under Kingfisher failure. Now, what's the Kingfisher failure? Uh, they're a low-cost airline in India. Oh, I, I see. Right, okay. So Airbus... 
um, sorry, Airbus, uh, which is Air.pa, sold 49 jets in September, but saw its net orders uh, for the year knocked back by the cancellation of jets ordered by India's Kingfisher Air- Airlines. Uh, Toulouse-based Airbus cancelled 82 outstanding orders for uh, for jets for Kingfisher and its Kingfisher Red subsidiary, which had been amongst its most high-profile customers until the airline owned by Drinks Tycoon, um, a name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, collapsed under large debts. Uh, Airbus said on Thursday it had won 566 aircraft orders in the first nine months of the year, but the net total fell to 380 from 438 a month earlier uh, after 107 cancellations for Kingfisher. Uh, US plane maker Boeing Yay. If it ain't Boeing, <laughs> we ain't going. Uh, sold 460 jets between January and October um, or a... Um, or a net total of 380, leaving the transatlantic rivals neck and neck after adjusting for calculations. Although some analysts have criticised Airbus for clinging to orders for jets that won't be delivered, it had argued until now that leaving the, the commitments in place could help a potential buyer rescue Kingfisher, but prospects of a bailout have faded. Airbus had already withdrawn a pledge to supply a... 380. Um, we'll try that again. Airbus had already withdrawn a pledge to supply A380s and A350 long haul jets to Kingfisher in 2014. Although, also in September, Airbus delivered 62 aircraft, including eight of its A320 Neo jets and five A350s, two models that have faced delays recently over shortages of parts. Last month's deliveries bringing the total for the year so far to 462 aircraft. Oi, Jonathan Warner. Why? What's he the put, matter? He put boing. <laughs> he does that a lot. I know he does. Yeah, Terrible. It's very funny. Yes. So good news then for Airbus. Not. <laughs> well, it's yeah, a, a shame. So I know. Still, it, you know, it's still not bad news. But, I mean, we, we we say this every single week, don't we? We get one story where, where Boeing are ahead, and then two weeks later or a month later, we read a story where Airbus are ahead of Boeing and vice versa. It's mm. just, you know, they, they're the two big players, aren't they? Neither of them are going to be in any particular trouble, are they? No, Fly Kingfisher, they um, they were founded in 2003, commenced operations in 2005. Uh, oh, hang on, I've just got to see if I can get this right. Uh, you've had a reply from Mr. Warner. <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Mr. Warner. I, I hope I hope I did that justice, Mr. Warner. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, their Kingfisher had, um, oh, well, Fly Kingfisher. They had a, a nice Kingfisher logo was there mm. on their aircraft. But no. Really? Yeah. Is that because they were a Kingfisher airline? That's right. Yeah, okay. they they were they had their uh, hub at uh, Bengaluru International Airport. Easy for you to say. Mm, I know. That's what she said. I know. <laughs> right. So moving on to the next story, and uh, spot on, Matt. Um, what what's, what what? Uh, Mr. Warner, sp- spopped, spopped on, Matt. Stop it. <laughs> Move on. So the, uh, He's yeah. got Tourette's on his keyboard. Know, That's fine. It's I know. Fine. Bless Moving him. Yeah. <laughs> so the next story is on, uh, and we've got a picture of Matt. Will put up oh, have in we? A mo- in a, mo- oh, right, right, in okay. a moment. Uh, this go. next story, there we go, is uh, on the Australian Business Traveller mm. website. And, uh, oh, my God, that looks nice. It does. And uh, the headline is Swiss to upgrade Airbus A340s with new first business class. So uh, the story, out with the old and in with the new for Swiss Airbus A340s with the big four-engine jet set to receive a tip-to-tail upgrade from first class and business class through to economy. 
Although Swiss uh, has been replacing the A340s with factory fresh Boeing 777-300ER jets uh, with a tenth now order for delivery in 2018, the airline will retain five A340s in its long-range international fleet. Those five jets will be upgraded throughout 2018 to largely bring them up to Swiss 777 spec. The new first-class cabin will be closely modelled on that of the 777-300ER, the airline says. Uh, this will see the current and still quite decent A340 first-class suites making their way uh, for these more private and better appointed suites. Uh, I'm just going to go down to... Uh, here we go. So uh, uh, this will include throne seats as well, as in throne, as in king's throne suites. Mm. Uh, down in the back of the Airbus and Economy, Swiss says it will install all new types of seats. The in-flight entertainment system will also be ripped out and replaced by that of the 777 with in-flight internet also being installed and the retrofit. Swiss will also upgrade its 14 Airbus A330s for sky-high Wi-Fi over the coming six months with the project stated uh, for completion by Northern Spring. And if we go back up here, Matt, we've got some pictures here oh, have we? Okay. Of, uh, of the said cabin here we mm. pop that one on there first uh that looks rather nice it does like look that. quite spacious doesn't they it do you've got a little, little little lamp and everything i like and it and yeah. we'll go for here we go this oh, is, oh that looks oh lovely. now i'm hungry so we oh. you know that's see the chair each side there you can mm -hmm. sort of call your friend round for tea and biscuits oh. while you're flying which is quite nice right yes uh, we've got uh, another one here. This is, I'm guessing, this is the business class section. This one. Wow, what uh, on earth is that? Oh, are they little angle poised lights? Yeah, little they? angle yeah. poised lights that you can. Uh, Emirates have a similar kind of stuff. Oh, do they? Business class. Yeah, yeah. I like that. With, with your with your multi your multi um, plugs. And stuff. Yeah, your multi country yeah. plug sort of thing and for your laptop uh, or tablet or whatever. There we go. There's another another. God, they, they do look rather nice, don't they? Yeah. We've gone with the brown though. So it's mm. kind of not. A bit, I thought yeah, they'd gone a bit of a brighter yeah. colour. I, I, I don't dislike it. Oh yeah, they do lie flat. Look, there we go. Lie oh, flat cool. uh, yeah, beds. Yeah. Look, that looks good with to the me. control panel and stuff. Mm. So Swiss. I mean, that's an airline I haven't flown on before. Swiss Airlines, no. but uh, they do look awfully. I nice. like the headphones. Yeah, I think they'll, you'll find a lot of the airlines now, Matt, have mm. um, in business class and first class have the noise cancelling headphones. All oh, right, so you can sort of shut so the world shut out, the world yeah. out completely. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of nice. Um, I know BA do that in their business mm. and first class. They have the noise cancelling headphones, uh, which is nice. So moving on to the next story, and this one is for. Matt. Is it? Right. Okay. Uh, let me concentrate. And uh, it is Airwise is the so news.airwise.com. Special story for, uh, for um, uh, Miami Rick, this one. Right. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> the October the 6th is when this was released. And uh, the, uh, the headline is Boeing beating Airbus in 2016 deliveries. Indeed. Which is kind of what we just covered. But uh, Boeing delivered 563 commercial aircraft in the first three quarters of 2016, easily beating Airbus's total of 462 for the period. During the third quarter, Boeing delivered 188 aircraft, down from 199 in the same period. A year ago, of the total, there were 127 37s, 22 triple 7s, and 36 787 deliveries. There were only five 747 deliveries as demand continues yeah. to slump for a la for large four-engined aircraft. In comparison, Airbus delivered 462 commercial aircraft to the end of September. That included a th uh, 380 A320 family aircraft and 26 A350s and 16 A380s. 
plenty of orders in for Boeing, for sure. Well, yeah, but they're, not, they're really not that far I'll behind. I'll tell you who they, is yeah. going to get some new Boeing aircraft soon. Oh, no. Mr. Owen there in the chat room. Ryanair. They've got their uh, their new Boeing's coming soon online. Ah. So he's going to have um, with Harpjet. Yeah, he's going to yeah. have his new uh, his new uh, you know jets coming soon. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'll tell you who has got some jets, uh, new jets on order as well. Uh, Royal Jet as well have, uh, have oh, a few okay. new jets on order as well, which is good. Good news, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Good so news. Moving on to mm-hmm. the next story. This one is on the God. This is another website we haven't had before. <laughs> All Where Africa. do I find these? I don't know. Although it's appropriate, we did have somebody in the chat room from Africa earlier. So really? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. That was Africa. Uh, it was oh, South Africa. Africa. It was South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. Africa, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on the allafrica.com website, this one and the headline: Ethiopian Airlines has proven it's the best. Ah. Hmm. So Ethiopian Airlines is the longest-serving airline on the African continent. Uh, below the airline's country manager, Abibi. Angesa explains why well and done. how the air carrier has survived <laughs> such a long time. Uh, so Ethiopian Airlines is celebrating 70 years of existence. Uh, Ethiopian Airlines has had a long 70-year success journey from a humble beginning to a leading African aviation group. Uh, throughout the past seven decades, the airline has established itself as an adept in all facets of aviation services, technology, leadership, network expansion and aviation mentoring. Uh, it it uh, has registered many successes in the aviation industry, introducing cutting-edge aviation technology and state-of-the-art aircraft from Africa's first jet aircraft in 1962, uh, the first African Boeing 767 in 1984, wow. Wow. Uh, the first African Boeing 777-200 LR in 2010, and the first uh, 787 Dreamliner in the world outside of Japan in 2012. Uh, and to the most advanced and latest world-class aircraft, the A350. It has also met its very basic version, uh, bringing the Africa together and closer to the rest of the world. African cities are now much closer than any other time in aviation history, and it's truly a pan-African symbol. Uh, Currently, Ethiopian Airlines is the largest and most profitable and fastest-growing African carrier with bright prospects. As per Vision 2025, Ethiopian will be a world-class African airline with a fleet size of more than 140 aircraft, flying uh, flying 22 million passengers, uh, airlifting 820,000 tonnes of cargo and flying more than 120 international and 26 domestic destinations and also generating $10 billion in revenue and $1 billion net profit. I mean, they've done <laughs> damn well, yeah. Ethiopian. Uh, and uh, they obviously, they've got the Dreamliners, and they've got a bit of a mixed fleet, actually, mm. Ethiopian, of uh, Airbus and I Boeing. never really understood that. It's sort of, you know, having mixed fleets. It's, well, a lot of somewhere we, we, we talk about it often. Mm. Some, I mean, some, a lot of airlines do have um, uh, mixed fleets of aircraft. Bigger airlines, obviously, they can afford to, uh, to have the mm. uh, kind of... Um, yeah, mixed, uh, mixed uh, Jen is, Jennifer is saying that uh, Ethiopian Airlines has actually flown cargo into into their into the cargo airport where oh, she right. works. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, it's 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 good. It's um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just I never really understand the mixed fleet thing because you just sort of think surely from a spares point of view alone, it, it sort you know you're holding multiple. You've got to store multiple parts. Actually, they. Um, I mean, Ethi- I suppose it's not so bad if each hub only covers a certain aircraft, you know, and, and then then it's not so bad. Going back a year or two, Ethiopian had one of their Dreamliners 
um, uh, I think it was either Heathrow or Gatwick, had the um, uh, fire at the... It was uh, to do with... I think it was to do with the ELT, the oh, right. emergency locator transmitter oh, right. on the uh, Dreamliner. Eek. Which, uh, yeah, it caught fire and um, damaged the aircraft. But it was repaired and put back into service. And that was a Dreamliner. That's quite a few. That's a few years ago. Two, I mm. think it's either two or three years ago that happened now. Wow. So moving on to yes. the next story. This one is for you, Matt. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the head. Well, it's the it's theweek dot com is the website, and uh, the week being the week. W I love this headline. Okay. I love this headline. <laughs> oh no! Right. So the the, the headline is: uh, Americans have now paid enough in baggage fees to buy a whole airline. The twenty-five dollar thorn in your side every time you fly with a slightly larger than average suitcase is making airlines uh, some serious bank. Um, U.S. airlines have collected a combined twenty-six point two billion dollars in checked bag fees since 2007 when airlines first began charging such fees to offset the soaring cost of jet fuel. Uh, this is Thrillist uh, reports. That's nearly enough to buy Delta, the most valuable airline in the US. Um, and uh, I'm so sorry, the website is playing up, so I'm struggling there to, to get it to uh, to move. But uh, sorry, there we go. So uh, since 2007, uh, that's nearly enough to buy Delta, the most valuable airline in the U.S., which is worth just over $27 billion. Blimey. Last year alone, airlines made $3.8 billion on checked luggage, which uh, Thrillist points out is nearly equal to the city budget of Phoenix. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite frightening. Wow, and that's uh, a lot. Of, so, and that's, that's not just money. that's not just for baggage. <laughs> that's not just for baggage fees, is it? That's for overweight baggage fees, and that's how they've made that money. That's that is incredible. a heck of a lot of money. Yeah, to be out, absolutely. yeah, to, uh, to have that money to be out go and then buy your own airline with it as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's fees. one person. I know, I know, it's all the airlines yeah, in, in total. But uh, yeah. it just goes to show, don't it? The ancillary fees that go on top of a ticket mm, price just yeah, add to absolutely. Um, so they're, 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 they're expensive paninis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so next story is on the breakingnews.ie website. Mm -hmm. And uh, hold on. What's happened here? This is a Ryanair story. Oh, what a oh. shame. <laughs> never mind. Thanks, Matt. That's very cool. Always a you. pleasure. Never at all. Oh. Yeah. So the headline, uh, this Ryanair. Oh, because it feels weird reading a Ryanair story. <laughs> it does, honestly. I don't know what you mean. Um, the headline then, this, uh, this Ryanair passenger was left with a 1,407 euro bill due to uh, air traffic controller strike. Uh, this story came out on the 6th this uh, 6th of October, this one. Uh, one Ryanair passenger has been refused compensation for his 1,407 euro trek home after he missed a Ryanair flight due to strike action. Uh, French man Antoine Sabat was to travel from Lisbon to uh, Brussels after a family holiday in Portugal with his wife and two children, but were unable to make it through security on time for their flight due to ongoing strike action by air traffic controllers. Antoine said they arrived at the airport two hours before their flight, which should have been adequate time to make it through security in all normal circumstances. However, they didn't make, they didn't make their flight, and uh, the flight took off without them. 
Uh, Antoine said that his family received no notification of the strike action from the airline uh, that could have warned them of the delay, unlike other airlines which issued an email to all their passengers. The Sabah family said that they went to Ryanair's ticket office at the airport and asked for another flight and were told they would have to wait four days before they could travel. Four days? Mr. Sabah said his wife uh, and himself both needed to get home for work and the children were expected back at school. So they had to buy four tickets to Paris with another airline and then travel by train to Lille where they uh, live in order to be home in time for their commitments. Antoine wrote to Ryanair for compensation, citing the lack of prior notification and strike action as reasons, but was told the company would not be offering him any compensation, not even for the original flight that he was unable to uh, make. Antoine said that he is one of many passengers who were forced to make alternative arrangements for missing the flight. Antoine said that Ryanair website offers compensation for cancelled flights, uh, or if a passenger is denied boarding but does not specify the remedies available with regard to strike action. I understand that Ryanair is not responsible for this strike, but the company didn't inform its passengers on the day before to say um, uh, to come to the airport earlier, he said. And at the airport, Ryanair didn't help us at all, and they closed the gate 45 minutes before the plane took off. Uh, they only proposed us uh, another flight four days later. And yes, I'm not satisfied, he said, at their response. And they don't even offer a refund to the cost of the ticket of the aircraft that I could have taken. And also that uh, I'm sure that hundreds of people are in the same situation as me. Probably very true. Uh, a statement from Ryanair said that over 175 customers were at the boarding gate on time to travel on the flight to Brussels. While we regret that Mr. Sabah missed the flight, this was his own responsibility since the seats that were booked and operated empty in his absence. These are no grounds for compensation in this case. And he says, and the Ryanair says, please pass on our apologies to Mr. Sabah. Excellent. That's not very nice. I mean, at the very least, they would have, they should have been given a refund. Have we, have for we got the right picture for, for for the airplane that's mentioned? Yeah, we have actually. Oh, yeah, good. we can that's, put that one on the screen yeah. there. There we go. Oh, just just in case anyone. This any is how it should be reported. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there's <sighs> a picture of it. That's actually. I think that's the Max. That one actually might be the Max. Is the it? Max, oh, yeah. the new one. Uh, but no, it's a shame. Um, mm. They, I mean, if it's your fault that you turn up the gate late because you've obviously been late getting to the airport, yeah. then yeah, fair enough. You yeah. should um, not get any money. But I think if, if it uh, if you're the reason for your delay is because of strike action, then I think that's yeah, cause should, for yeah. a refund. Re, re, yeah, I think I so. do. I, I, you know, even if it, even if it's through a European fund rather than perhaps through the airline directly, because it certainly isn't the person who booked the tickets' fault. Um, that uh, that they weren't able to board their flight. Goodbye, Dan. By the way, Dan's Dan's nipping off. He's oh, off. How rude. Uh, he's got to go. Uh, oh, thanks, Dan. I'll I'll try. I'll uh, have a great Dreamliner experience, and I will yes, take lots look, of photos. Yeah, Don't absolutely. Panic. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, I expect to hear a full report in next week's show. Oh, you will. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Absolutely. So yes, on to the final commercial story this week. Where did uh, you find this one, Matt? I don't know. I, I was sent a, a. I don't know if I'm allowed to say where it came from. Am I? It came from a, a from a, a loyal. Um, it, it came from listener. somebody sent me a private message, basically <laughs> with a link in it, and uh, it's from the IrishTimes.com website, and the headline is: Airport ambulance driver sues over Ryanair plane near miss driver is huh? suing the irish aviation authority what was he driving for a psychological injuries so a, do 
<laughs> this is quite an amusing story. Nice work. Uh, a Dublin airport ambulance driver who thought her vehicle was going to be struck by a Ryanair plane as it was taking off is suing the Irish Aviation Authority for psychological injuries. Uh, Rosalind O'Neill, 43, of Beaverstown, Orchard, uh, Donabate, uh, I've probably said that really wrong, so apologies, uh, in, in, uh, in Dublin, alleges she suffered psychological injuries as a result, as a direct result of what could have been a catastrophe at Dublin Airport. Ms O'Neill told the Circuit Civil Court that on, uh, that on the 14th of July 2013, uh, she had been given permission to cross the airfield by air traffic control. She had been about to cross a runway when she saw the plane coming ahead of her and was as it was about to take off. She told her barrister, Paul Andrew Gallagher, on Friday that she slammed on the ambulance brakes, shouting through her radio that she was stopping her vehicle. She said that shortly after she had stopped, the um, air traffic controller told her to hold her position. Ms O'Neill said that she felt the plane had been only metres away from her and uh, that she'd not, uh, had she not stopped the ambulance, she would have been hit by the aircraft. <laughs> uh, Paul Romerill, a forensic engineer called to give evidence on Ms O'Neill's behalf, said that if she had continued driving, she would have just passed the the back of the 35-metre long airplane, which was travelling at more than 200 kilometres per hour at the time. He said the avoidance of an accident could have been a matter of seconds. Uh, f uh, Ms. Ga uh, Mr Gallagher, who appeared with Anderson and Gallagher's solicitors for Ms O'Neill, said that she had continued working that day, uh, but two months later had developed psychological injuries, which included suffering flashbacks of the incident. Ms O'Neill told the court that she started to feel guilty for what could have happened to passengers on the aircraft and to air traffic controllers. Uh, she said uh, she w was still taking antidepressant medication prescribed by a doctor. She said that she needed to take time off work and was now suing the Irish Aviation Authority, which is in charge of air traffic control at the airport. She alleged negligence on their behalf. Barrister Paul Fogarty for the Aviation Authority said his client denied liability. Uh, it claimed that although there had been an error on the part of air traffic control, the plane had been 86 metres. Oh, oh, that's really a really long, long way away from a large <laughs> aircraft, isn't it? Uh, from Ms O'Neill when she had stopped her ambulance. Mr Fogarty said that the, air author the, uh, the authority claimed that no accident happened that day. Ms O'Neill's injuries were caused by her own imagining uh, that she would have been hit by the plane. He said that the authority were also claiming that Ms O'Neill had a history of depression prior to defence witnesses being called Circuit Court President. Mr Justice Raymond Goard adjourned the case to allow a psychiatrist to give evidence with regard to Ms O'Neill's injuries. Earlier he dismissed Ms O'Neill's employer Dublin Airport Authority as a defendant in the case which will now only continue against the Irish Aviation Authority. Really? Slightly odd story there. That but, has uh, yeah. been a tad odd. I, I, so I, when you come up the hill here past yeah. my house in your big coach, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I want to cross the road, mm -hmm. but you come hammering up and I, I get scared because I think you you're big... hammering up? I'll have you know I'm <laughs> only doing the acquired because, appropriate speed. So, so when you come firing up the hill at 400 miles an hour and I, I get scared because I think mm. you're going to run me over Well, you do coach, scare easily. Can I go and claim compensation for the... Severe, dis you know, horrible from the company that I work for. Yeah. Hmm. 
I don't no. know. Uh, well, you, you might be able to contact the CPT, which is our equivalent of the governing <laughs> body of the thing. I mean, you could certainly try 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 a state from there. Yes, I mean, I mean, oh, I dear. don't know. I think this is a bit of a. I mean, I'm I'm sorry that she feels like she's been the person who sent by that story, story is in the yeah. chat room. So yes. thank you for that. Yes, uh, you know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, that's a very, uh, for all the wrong reasons, oh. probably a very amusing story. Just, oh dear. I'm I'm for what it's worth. I'm sorry that she she appears to be suffering. Neil so, Bryden has said that he arrived in good time to hear a story about Dublin. Oh, splendid. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I just, you do worry that you just think, oh, you know, it's just it's, like, it's all I can see, she, 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 this person has seen an opportunity to get money out of someone. And that's the only reason I know. this story is going to, to, to press, I'm quite sure. I'm sure I'm wrong. And if you are genuinely psychologically harmed by the predecessing I, events I that would took have, place. I would have traded places with her. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you would, yeah. I would yeah. love You'd to have, have been outside oh, the ambulance been, I would been, enjoying yeah. the view, frankly, to be that close to the runway. I may have even yeah. got on the roof of the ambulance just Ooh. to experience oh, this. Oh, I see. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. wow. Well, that is yeah. true. Yeah, even if it is a Ryanair <laughs> aircraft going over. But, if anyone's uh, listening who works at an airport and drives around it, uh, let me know. I'll come and uh, sit, <laughs> sit Micah up. says it's like the one where the woman didn't know that the coffee would burn her if she spilt it. You know that hot coffee. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. don't get me, don't get me started on that, listeners. Oh no, this is this is going to end really badly because I've got a real thing. It's like it really annoys me. Like, you, you, oh dear, I'm off on one now. We've got you, you go to McDonald's, don't you? And you get the hot apple pie. Yeah. And they've had to put a thing on it that says caution, caution, contents may be hot. And you're like, maybe hot. It better be more than maybe hot. Yeah, but haven't you seen the packet of peanuts? What may contain nuts? May contain nuts. I know. Oh, don't I know. It's just, honestly, it's because we have to save ourselves from stupid people. <laughs> See, I don't think we should. I think it's part of natural life selection. Oh dear. You know, it's like you know, the world has a way of, <laughs> of weeding out stupid people if they will do so. Well, perhaps, oh. perhaps the airline that we were talking about at the start of the show. Yes. You were talking about your yes. story. Yes. Perhaps yes. that airline are going to have a, a wording on their website. Uh, warning, this aircraft may contain children. <gasps> oh, I like it. That's good mm. thinking. Yes, you could have a yeah. sticker on it, you know, in case yeah. they've lost... On the a, side. A, in case they've lost, you know, left a residual yeah. smell or something like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps Harpjet could have... Oh, uh, may you... contain paninis. Stop it. It says... Stu Black was saying, sorry, Carlos, uh, I, am no, I no longer get to drive around the airport anyway. He used to, he used to be able to do it. And it was a lot of fun in the past. Oh. oh yeah, it's oh. probably because they've tightened all the rules up. Greetings as well to Airshow World, who's in the Indeed, chat as yes, well. Indeed, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So moving on uh, to uh, our next part of the show, then what we what we what what uh, pearls of wisdom? Well, I don't know. What do you fancy? Should, should, should we have some pip or should we? Um, should we, oh, should we oh, what should we do? Should we? I don't know. Oh, the agony of choice. Uh, we've got uh, we've got two choices, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's pilot pip or it's one of the, uh, the last interview that we took at Seething Air Show. Um, we should let the listeners choose, really. We, we should, really, chat. shouldn't we? Yes, absolutely. So come on, chat room. What, what are we going to go with first, Pip or the uh, interview interview with uh, Stuart at Seething? Oh, dear. That is it. This is going to be dead. I do apologise to those who are listening on the podcast who are thinking this, this, this is, is pointless. Yeah. But if you are listening <laughs> to the audio version, yeah. don't forget, come and join us over at the live show yeah. uh, on... Uh, oh, on, Owen's on off, by the way. Oh, goodbye, Owen. Take care. Yeah. Take he's care. got an early start in the morning. He's on an oh, early this him. week at the moment. Oh, oh, it's pip, 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 pip. It's pip all the way. I'm afraid. Oh, really? Yeah, oh my it, God, pip. Yeah, there's it, pips everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's Blimey. pips everywhere. We are still going to play the uh, the, the <laughs> seething air show thing. We'll do that after the military section uh, in oh. a little while. But uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, if you're ready, then, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to settle down uh, as we listen to what, what's the segment on this week. 
So the segment this week uh, is all about uh, taking, taking off. off. Taking off, off. Excellent. So uh, get yourselves comfortable, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to listen to the legend that is Pilot Pip. Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hi everyone, it's Pip here with another segment for the show. Now, I was wandering around the house this morning at a loose end, wondering what I should do today. And then I suddenly remembered, I thought, dang, I've got to record a segment for the guys for the show today. What am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? So I was thinking and thinking, I was thinking, come on, Pip, segment, segment, segment. What can I, what can I do for a segment? And then it came to me and I said, wait a moment. I can do a segment on segments. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be talking about takeoff segments. So as pilots, when we're thinking about a takeoff and takeoff performance, we don't just arrive at the end of the runway, shove the throttles forward and hope for the best. We have to consider every takeoff as a possible engine failure case. Okay, so we have to be able to guarantee and aircraft is certified in such a way that we can guarantee adequate takeoff performance if we suffer an engine failure during the takeoff. So what we need to do, we need to consider each part of the takeoff and we can look at them. In fact, what we do is break them down into four takeoff segments. And for each of those segments, there are specific climb requirements that we need to consider. And there are specific aircraft configurations that we need to consider. And when I say configurations, I mean uh, flap settings and undercarriage positions. Now, a million times out of a million and one, uh, things go swimmingly well. The engines don't fail and we blast off into the air with plenty of performance and plenty of thrust. And that's the way aircraft work. Uh, generally speaking, even when we're at max weight, when we're at our max performance limits, uh, the aircraft, if all the engines, whether that be two, three or four or more engines are operating, then we're going to have plenty of access thrust to accelerate and climb away at the same time during the takeoff uh, phase of flight. Now, we have to consider other things as well, like brake energy and, and that sort of stuff. But when we're looking at thrust, when all the engines are going, then we've got plenty of it. No big deal. But we have to, as I say, we always have to consider what happens if one of the donkeys quits. And that's pilot speak for an engine failure. If a donkey quits, it means your engine stopped working. And what we have to do is to consider an engine failure at the most critical part of the takeoff roll. And that's at V1, the, the decision speed, the stop or go speed. Okay, so when we're looking at takeoff performance, we always consider that the engine will fail at that point. If it uh, stops before then, then we have enough runway and enough brake energy and all the rest of it to stop on the runway. If it stops after V1, then we're committed to continuing the takeoff. And we should, if we've done our sums right, then we should still have sufficient engine performance to make our minimum climb gradients, to make our minimum obstacle clearance requirements. And as I said, we divide the takeoff maneuver into four different segments. And the first of those, the first segment, is from the point of liftoff 
to uh, what we call something called the screen height, which depends a little bit on the type of aircraft and what the conditions are. But it's generally for jet aircraft, we're talking about a screen height of 35 feet. That means we've got to reach this 35 feet screen height before the end of the takeoff distance. And we have to consider this portion of the takeoff in the following configuration. So the aircraft will still be with its gear down or in the maximum uh, drag position, which generally will be in the down position. Uh, the flaps and slats will be in the takeoff position, so whatever that is for that particular aircraft. So in that configuration, we need to make sure that the aircraft can reach and uh, perform a minimum climb gradient. And that minimum climb gradient depends exactly on how many engines your aircraft has got. So for a two engine aircraft, the climb gradient of that first segment from lift off to the screen height has to be positive, okay? It doesn't matter what sort of climb gradient, what percentage climb you, you're able to make, it just has to be a positive climb gradient. For a three engine aircraft, it needs to be 0.3%, and for a four engine aircraft, it needs to be 0.5%. Now, actually, that screen height used to be 50 feet rather than 35 feet. I believe it still is 50 feet for turboprop aircraft, but for jet aircraft, the screen height that they have to make is 35 feet on a dry runway. Now, if we're operating on a wet runway, then that screen height is actually reduced to 15 feet. Uh, and why is it reduced to 15 feet? Well, there's a number of different reasons. It's basically... Um, an economic concession by the by the regulators to account for the fact that if you were trying to make 35 feet you're going to be really restricting yourself on the payload that you can carry because on a wet runway you're going to be using a wet v1 which is generally going to be slower than your dry v1 usually by about 10 knots uh, which means from v1 up until the point of liftoff on a wet runway you're going to be using uh, much more ground a distance whilst the aircraft is still attached to the runway while it's accelerating to its VR speed, to its V-rotate. Uh, so therefore it's going to have less airborne distance to make that 35 foot screen height. So uh, as a concession, so uh, the payload, uh, so the performance requirements don't become too restricting for a wet runway, we can consider a screen height of 15 feet rather than 35. But don't worry too much about that, that's just trivia. So the first segment has ended uh, when the gear was fully retracted and we accelerated to our V2 speed and then we're into the second segment. So the second segment, the flaps and the slats are still in the takeoff position, but we're accelerating now at V2 speed. I'm not going to go too much into that, but V2 is our takeoff safety speed. It's a certain uh, margin above the, the stall speed and above the uh, minimum control speed. And we're going to maintain this V2 speed and climb up to something called the acceleration height, which as a minimum, as a regulatory minimum, will be 400 feet above the ground. However, that does depend on the particular obstacles on that particular runway. Okay, if you've got an obstacle right off the end of the runway at 600 feet, then you're going to need a slightly higher acceleration altitude. And it also varies from company to company. We at SafeJets, as a standard, use 1500 feet height as our acceleration altitude. Uh, other companies will use 1000 feet and other companies will use something else. But as a minimum, it has to be 400 feet. And for a particular runway, it could be much higher than that. So when we look at our performance data for a given runway, it may well state minimum acceleration height is 1,800 feet or 2,000 feet or something like that. 
but in the absence of any other data we at SafeJets use 1500 feet so we're going to climb with the flaps and slats in the takeoff position with the gear up at V2 to our acceleration height and again there's some minimum uh, climb gradients that we have to make and it varies by uh, number of engines again so 2.4% for a two engine aircraft up to 3% for a four engine aircraft and actually when we're flying this segment in the sim when we're practicing these things this is generally a nice quiet time we're climbing uh, in FLC for our aircraft which is flight level change which is basically a speed hold mode we're not doing any checklists we're not uh, pulling our hair out we're not screaming at each other we're just watching the aircraft climb and then once we get to the acceleration height we're then going to hold that particular height so 1500 feet will select an altitude hold mode and then we're into the third segment of our four and the goal during the third segment now shifts from gaining altitude to gaining airspeed so this is an acceleration segment holding the aircraft level uh, the aircraft will still be at either takeoff power or max continuous thrust and it was going to start to accelerate and as it does so it's going to become above our minimum flap retraction speed and our slats so as we pass that speed we can then clean the aircraft up gets rid of all that drag it's going to improve our climb performance later on and we're going to let the aircraft accelerate up to something called the final takeoff speed or the en route climb speed it's got different names we call it VFTO which is V final takeoff speed and by the time we reach this point we probably would have reduce the power a little bit on the operating engine now generally the you operate the the remaining engine at takeoff power your time limited it's generally only five minutes you can operate it at maximum takeoff power you have to come back to something called max continuous thrust this is a thrust setting that will just you can run all day at it's, it's an unlimited thrust setting so we're going to be climbing now at max continuous thrust the aircraft's in a clean configuration flaps are up the gears are up and we're going to look to climb away again there's some minimum climb gradients here 1.2% uh, for a uh, two engine aircraft and, and so on up to uh, 1.7 I think it is for a four engine aircraft and then it's also during this phase that we're going to start uh, running all the checklists doing our memory items and start having discussions about what we're going to do now uh, so the, the fourth segment will last if it exists will last up to um, MSA generally your minimum safe altitude and well that's the four takeoff segments so segment one is up to our screen height a point to which the gear is retracted then the second segment is a climbing segment at V2 up to our acceleration height then the third segment is a level segment where we're accelerating the aircraft cleaning up and reducing to our max continuous thrust and then the fourth final segment is our en route climb our climb up to a minimum safe altitude now all these segments still exist even if we're not having an engine failure we still have to uh, in some form or another go through these four segments in a normal takeoff it's just that if all the engines are running we're going to be accelerating and climbing all at the same time but we still have to go through the motions of attaining these speeds minimum flap retraction speeds and minimum uh, climb gradients and all the rest of it so well you know what this is all pretty dry boring stuff if you want to find out more you can google it and you can read entire volumes of uh, books and articles and all this kind of stuff but I think for now uh, here endeth the lesson I'll be back some other time hopefully next week with another segment on something equally as exciting until then take care everybody and fly safe bye
and gentlemen, I sincerely hope that you were paying attention because I think we're going to sit. I think we're going to have a little test. Now. We have um, <laughs> twenty-five <laughs> questions set by Pip um, yep, that we're going to set to all you guys in the all chat to room now. Correctly, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you could all answer one question uh, yep. right, then um, that's good. And if you're not, we're um, we're going <laughs> to shut the show down. <laughs> No, any joke. No, we no, are. We're, only, we're kidding. We're yes, kidding. Uh, we're kidding. Yes, that that is going to require uh, another <laughs> listen. I think isn't it? There's a lot. There's a lot of information in there. I know. Isn't it? Great, a massive, great, great little segment again. As always, well, thanks, Pip. Brilliant. Yeah, big thanks to uh, to Pilot Pip for putting that to uh, together for us. Don't forget to listen to Pip's show. Take yes. yourself over to iTunes and type in Plane Safety Podcast, and you'll find it on iTunes and download and lots yep. of other uh, podcast places as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Plane Safety Podcast. Com. Take you over to his website and have a look on there yep. as well, and follow Pip's travels on there. And uh, make sure you do go and mm. listen to Pilot Pip. Definitely. Okay. What we got next? Uh, we've got Pip military. We've, yeah, we've got a yeah. couple of sto- military stories. A couple of military stories, and then go. and then our final interview from seeding. Uh, and then we're going to have to let you go and pack some cases. We are because you have done nothing. Done, you've done no packing at all, have no. you? <laughs> I, 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 honestly, <laughs> honestly, guys and girls, listen to the show. I, I have not done mm. any packing yet yeah which is well outrageous frankly uh, it's, I'm amazed that the, 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 her indoors the missus has allowed that to happen frankly. I know but, uh, she's anyway. been packing since last year well they're quite uh, right absolutely yeah. how long are you away for this week only a week oh only a week okay. we're all living here so you know I know I'm but out. I didn't actually know how long I was staying <laughs> no parties Mr Smith as if I would do no so. I'm parties. too knackered I'm just going to be spending right. the entire time asleep anyway. you can have you can have you can have some of our listeners around if you want right okay that's very good okay, okay. yeah Right. Right. So we're going to do some military news. Are you ready? Yes, uh, yes, I am. Let's Let's go. go. Let's go. reading the comments in the chat room here very good guys <laughs> keep them coming so our first news story this week on flight global's uh, website and the headline germany may buy as many as six c-130j's wow this is surprising me because a400m is the norm he's, he's the, he's the, um, the popular the popular one, one, yeah. Say, yeah. Uh, so germany has uh, signals it, its intention to acquire as many as six lockheed martin c-130j tactical transports as its uh, frustrations deepen with the underperforming Airbus Defence and Space Airbus Defence and Space A400M, as part of a memorandum of understanding with uh, France signed by the defence ministers of both countries, uh, Her- the Hercules would be part of a common air transport squadron to be created by 2021. According to current demand forecasts, four to six German aircraft in the common transport squadron are planned, says the country's defence. Ministry, which could uh, which would station the C-130J fleet in France, uh, a bilateral working group will now be set up to, uh, with the aim of uh, fleshing out the proposal by the end of the year. Uh, the move is likely to be seen as a fresh rebuck for uh, Airbus over the 400M by another of the program's launch partners. Berlin has uh, 53 examples of the Atlas on order to replace its fleet of aging C-160 transals, but performance shortfalls, notably the lack of in-flight helicopter refueling capability, appear to have pushed it towards an acquisition of the US-built type. 
If it eventually signs for the C-130Js, it will be following its partner's lead. Uh, France confirmed a deal earlier this year for Hercules aircraft comprising um, uh, two KC-130J tankers and two transports. This is a bit of a knock. I mean, I, didn't, I, I, know, I know things were a bit um, rough with the, the, the problems they've had with the, with the A400M mm. yeah. and stuff. I didn't realize things were that bad that they would um, kind of, you know, switch. I mean, People stopped buying them. The yeah. C-130J is a proven platform. Mm. There's no doubt about that. And, um, and it is know, popular. I mean, it is has very, been, very popular yeah. around the world, the C-130J. Mm. Uh, I mean, uh, there was a number of them at, at React this year. Mm. Um, obviously, more than the, the A400. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's um, Quite shocking for me. Oh, I, well, there we go. We'll, we'll follow the story and uh, see what happens in the uh, in the coming months, I suppose, with that. But uh, the next story on the Royal Air Force. Indeed, good old uh, Royal website. Air Force. That's it. That's what we need. It's, uh, uh, it is uh, the next story is on the Royal Air Force website, as Carlos says, and uh, it is the headline is Exercise uh, Basama Lima 2016 formally opened in Singapore. So the Royal Air Force uh, jets. Royal Air Force jet fighters have flown halfway around the world to join a major military exercise in Singapore and Malaysia, affirming the UK's commitment to the Five Powers Defence Arrangements, the FDPA. Coordinated from, um, I, th- I assume that's Shang- Shanghai, is it? Shanghai. Shanghai. Uh, yeah. Shanghai Naval Base in Singapore. Uh, exercise Bursama Lima will see forces from the five member states of Singapore, Malaysia, Australia, New Zealand and the United Kingdom train alongside each other in the year that marks the 45th anniversary of the FPDA. The exercise, which runs from, four to, from the 4th to the 24th, 1st of October will involve 71 aircraft, 11 ships, one submarine and five ground-based air defence fire units. The UK has committed eight RAF typhoons based out of Royal Malaysian Air Force Butterworth and 45 Commando Royal Marines plus headquarters staff based in Singapore. Leading the the opening ceremony today, Singapore's Chief of Defence Force Lieutenant General Perry Lim said the FPDA has enhanced the cooperation and inoperability of member nations to further our collective security interests. Threats and challenges facing nations have evolved and widened and have become more complex. These threats and challenges require countries to work together to take collective action to address them through a series of FPDA exercises. We put our forces through their paces to enhance our interoperability and cooperation. Exercise Basama Lima is one such example. This exercise will strengthen the ties between our armed forces and foster closer cooperation and trust. Representing the UK contingent, contingent sorry, Vice Chief of Defence Staff, Sir Gordon Messenger said, or Messinger, never quite sure how to pronounce that, it is excellent that we can provide a meaningful UK contribution to the exercise on the 45th anniversary of the FPDA. We are deploying RAF typhoons, Royal Marines and HQ staff, and this is an uh, and this is indicative of how seriously we view this exercise. The FPDA is really important, multilateral construct, and it is our only multilateral arrangement in the region, and it is something we continue to take very seriously. This exercise gives the UK an opportunity to work with our partners in another part of the world and helps us better understand this region. It helps us to understand the security concerns in the region and how we might approach these security concerns in the future. 
It's good, I think. Is so. Uh, we, I think we covered a story a few weeks back about uh, this particular exercise going on. I think it's great to um, to work with, obviously, you know, uh, forces quite you know that far away, Japan especially, and stuff mm. like that. But uh, I'd imagine the language barrier must be. Um, Really fairly difficult. difficult. Although their English um, is probably very good. Yeah, their English be is probably fair, better yeah. than uh, than our than our yeah. Japanese. But it'd be interesting to if we could ever speak to someone who's been involved with this exercise, mm. Bersama, to uh, or Bersama Lima, to see um, just how they get you know breach the language barrier. Obviously, because they've got controllers and the pilots talking and and stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, no, it's good. I'm. Uh, it's good to see these uh, these sort of happy um, partnerships mm. with uh, other other forces around Absolutely. the world. Mm. Yep. So we Good. have got uh, our last interview yes, that we very took sad, uh, yes. from uh, Seething yep. uh, this year, and uh, this the interview that we took uh, was with um, a pilot it, that, that we've been desperate to have on the show for <coughs> I don't yes, know how have. long. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, uh, uh, and it finally happened at Seething Air Show. Yeah. He's the owner of a restaurant, uh, the, one of the, the best restaurants restaurant in, in our area, whole world, in yeah. the whole world. And uh, Neville's actually been there. Neville's mm. been to that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the legendary bounds. He's my CFI. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's training me to fly. And uh, as Matt said, we finally managed to pin the man down yep. and uh, have a chat with Stuart while we're at the seething yep. uh, this year. I literally had to run across the ground, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to go and go and pin him down. I had to <laughs> make him come over and, and do what we to come and do the interview. But oh. it was worth it in the end because I think we got a, a very informal chat with him, which was just fantastic. So uh, brace yourselves. It's a long one, ladies and gentlemen. It's about um, it's about fifteen minutes long. <gasps> so, it's a, uh, but it's interesting. It so is I hope really you enjoy good. this, yeah, guys. Absolutely. So uh, it is our very last piece then from um, Seeding Air Show. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. It gives me great pleasure to finally introduce the lovely <laughs> Stuart. Here we go. So I, uh, we've been able to uh, grab someone who we've talked about on the show now for so many <laughs> episodes. Years. And yeah, we've really? finally managed to get him in the studio, albeit the mobile studio here at Seething. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who listen to the show, you'll know we talk about Stuart and... Uh, his uh, parachute plane flying Usually activities. Usually dive-bombing the yard where I work, actually, yeah. is, is the topic <laughs> of the conversation. So welcome I, on to the show, Stuart O'Neill. Thank yeah. you for having me. Oh, so, Stuart, now you fly, uh, you fly the parachute plane at uh, Ella Airfield, where I'm learning to fly, and you're, you are my actual flight instructor as well. Oh, oh no, there's yes. not going to be all questions Ooh. about the exams you're behind on, is it? <laughs> Yeah, so, there's a few to do, Carl. <laughs> anyway, smoothing over that. Uh, so, uh, so Stuart, then tell us a bit about uh, about the aircraft that you fly. Then the uh, Cessna Caravan. Say a bit about the Caravan. Um, that's a single-engine turbine um, Cessna 208 Caravan. I'm quite lucky because it's one of the newest ones around. It's 2008. Uh, so newest in the context of uh, new parachute planes in the UK. Yeah. Uh, 675 shaft horsepower. Uh, lots of fun to fly. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Absolutely, it's got reverse thrust as well. Really, so landing a little Cessna with a reverse thrust—that's <laughs> no, that, good fun. That's a that, that's a rare thing. Actually, uh, uh, one of our well, one of our very good friends, uh, Doctor Steph, over at the APG show, she mm. she also flies the same aircraft as Stuart, and she does the same job as Stuart. Actually, really? yeah, flying uh, cr- like crazy people that want to jump out of uh, a perfectly serviceable <laughs> aircraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Stuart, then, tell us a bit uh, about uh, your career. Where, where did things start for you uh, with, with flying and aviation? And where did you learn to fly, actually? Because that was... Uh, okay, where did I learn to fly? Uh, 
Sorry, someone walking by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're being distracted. It's, it's the only trouble being, it's like a fishbowl, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody can see you as you're driving past. The big screen at the front's not helping, of course. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So where well, did you learn to fly? Well, actually, no, my first flight uh, was in Bodmin in Cornwall. Uh, and I really do want to go back there. And uh, that was back in 2006 or 2007. 2006, and I want to go back because obviously I flew with that guy the first time. I said, "Oh, this is all right, but I want to do helicopters." <laughs> oh really? Oh, oh, no. oh, oh yeah. no. <laughs> Jim, Jim, pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> but um, no, then I I did enjoy it obviously, and uh, I went over to Africa and did I did uh, did my private pilot's license there in Africa, uh, Pretoria, Wonderboom. So that was great fun learning to fly there. Uh, you didn't to have the weather issues, perhaps, that we get here quite so much. No, you had to fly <laughs> in the morning. Every afternoon was a thunderstorm. But, uh, oh, wow. But you always, knew that, you always knew it was good in the morning. Right, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but it was great because practice force landings could be real practice force landings because <laughs> you'd actually land it on a road or a dirt track yeah. or in a field and then yeah. take off again. Oh, wow. Yeah. And where, where, did, where did things go from there then, Stuart? Uh, then I came back to the UK and uh, converted my licence, actually where we are right now, at Seaving converted an African PPL to a UK PPL and then I did my commercial training at Cab Air, borrowed lots of money and uh, <laughs> that seems to be another theme yeah. I'm learning with this whole wanting to be a pilot thing yeah yeah Big it's hole. not a cheap hobby is it it's no. not no <laughs> um, so how does how does the uh, African PPL uh, compare with the UK one is it just basically doing the same thing again but with a different test or, 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 or are there well, significant differences? Back then, uh, the, U the African PPL was really good because it was uh, very similar to, based to the UK CPL. Mm. Uh, actually, the ground school we did, Carl, was even more intense than it is for the UK one. Uh, the, the ground school instructor I had there, he was an ex-NASA engineer. Oh, wow. And yeah. he was telling us about rocket physics while we were doing our okay, PPL good. exams. Yeah, really helpful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was helpful, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> But no, um, so they took their PPL exams, based them on the UK CPL exams, and the other good thing is that they do spin training as part of their PPL, whereas now in the UK we don't even do spin training or even, I mean, you don't so, even so, show so a drop. Sorry, to, to the layman here, what, what's spin training, what's that? Uh, well, it's a fully developed spin, where the aircraft is uh, stalled, wing dropped, and then gone into a... Con 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 right, okay, con into spin. a spiral. Yeah, basically. Yeah, okay. But right. not a spiral dive, um, no, but okay. a, a spin. Okay. Um, and in the UK now, they're too scared to teach it because there was a few accidents okay. where, uh, because it was being trained so much, also the quality of the aircraft, to be honest, I wouldn't really want to do it in any of the aircraft that Beckles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's now. a really bad part. I mean, well, I was doing it in Africa in aircraft that were 40 years old. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't really experienced it, then you don't know how to recover from it. Right, you yeah. talk about it in the classroom and how to recover, yeah. but it's a bit strange that you yeah, ever do I mean, it. But it's this thing, isn't it? Like the theory is nothing really until you've actually practiced it, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but in the UK, they've stopped stopped the actual physical practice. So yeah. how was the uh, the progression from having this normal, just a normal PPL to flying the, the caravan? Because obviously you have to do a completely different uh, part of the you know of a license to get to fly the caravan with passengers. Uh, what's different? The commercial license. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. um commercial. It's a grey area because it's parachuting. So, if it's a parachute club, you can do it with a private pilot's license. Um, but it depends on the parachute outfit. Yeah. Right. Uh, sensibly, it's it really it really is you commercial operation. Commercial, yeah. it's, you've got passengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're paying to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's and then the actual type rating itself for the aircraft is five hours of turbine training. And then a one-hour flight test. Yeah. 
We've got a question from the chat room. Uh, okay. From Tony S. Oh, this is wonderful. Um, <laughs> how bad is Carlos at flying? Wee! Oh, excellent. Oh, I'm going to get very comfortable like for this question. There, how yeah. bad? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. Obviously, with my instructing, he's very good. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> Moving oh, swiftly on. No, 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 no. This, this subject matter Moving is over. Moving swiftly on. Okay. Uh, any Moving more questions about Carlos? <laughs> no, uh, uh, we've got a question from Neville Bounds. Uh, he's asking, what sort of cloud base can you operate as a minima for power? Parachutes. Well, actually, the legal rule is that you need to be in sight of the surface. Okay, um, really? Because the rule book for the BPA was written 30 years ago. Um, yeah. That was before GPS was really around. Right. Um, now, obviously, we use GPS for when we're dropping. Yeah. Um, so it's up to the jump master's discretion. Wow. Yeah. But the rule is in sight of surface. You're in right. sight of okay. surface. Yes. Uh, also, next question. Uh, what do you think of that American guy jumping from a plane without a parachute into a net? Did you see that one on the news? <laughs> I, I, I read about it, um, but I haven't seen it, no. But, yeah, I do want to see that. Um, um, what do I think of it? Crazy. <laughs> crazy. No <laughs> parachute. Bonkers, but, yes. but why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have a go. Uh, he's a Stuart is asking another question as well. How much runway do you need for taking off in a fully loaded caravan? Good question. Uh, Presumably the one at Beckles is long enough. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so you can probably get off in, in 300 metres in ground effect. Right. Um, the legal... Uh, well, I can't remember what the legal minimum is required. Obviously, we've got enough. We've got 800 metres at Beckles, so that's times your 1.3. Yeah, the textbook is probably 450 metres or something. Yeah. Uh, he's also asked as well, do you have a glass cockpit or steam gauges, and what do you prefer? Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got glass, um, so I've got gauges on the caravan. Oh, it's raining. It is really chucking it down now, yeah. Steam gauges you've got on there. I've got but steam you gauges. You've got a few little posh uh, bits of equipment. In oh, there. yeah, 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 there's, there's bits and bobs. Um, but it was the lightest um, caravan off the production line. Really? And so when they, they ordered it brand new and deliberately for parachuting, so they... No other instruments, the bare necessities for selling it on later. Um, no so autopilot, which is really annoying because I used to have a caravan with electric trim, so mm. I got used to just using my thumb. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't um, be quite so lazy anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, that's why they went for the steam gauges because uh, the glass cockpit, while it might be lighter in the cockpit, there's also lots of other instrumentation and wiring, mm -hmm. um, and you've got backup stuff as well, so okay. it's quite heavy in the end. Okay, it's all about safety again, then, I suppose, just trying to sort of. Yeah, yeah, because you've got double screen yeah. and, and uh, there's then extra sensors um, to, as backup. So, I mean, is it, is, is one of these things I've, I've always sort of really wondered because it must be quite difficult to sort of gauge because people are jumping out of the plane. I mean, do, what do you do? You have to be on the ground before they are, or I mean, what's the? Well, I like to rush back down. <laughs> so do I can, you? Uh, I'd never noticed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, what, I mean, what are the? Do you have to sort of? When when do you have to keep a certain distance? What's the distance between you and the the the, the uh, parachutes well, that you need to be away from? As far as, as possible. As long as they don't hit me, obviously. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, my mission is to descend and get back down on the ground to load up for the next one as soon as right. possible to save on on time on the airframe for maintenance because that's what costs money. Yeah, the it's all about the airs, uh, Tony S in the chat rooms asks uh, Stuart, do you skydive as well? 
What, jump out of an aeroplane? <laughs> yeah. No, don't be no. silly. <laughs> no, okay. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, I probably will do eventually one day when I can really? afford not to hurt myself. Yeah. When absolutely. I can afford to hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, another art question as well. Can the caravan handle everyone jumping out at once? Yes. Well, it's more about can the pilot handle everyone jumping out at once? Because well, when they do, the CAG moves rapidly. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. yeah, you can get some really tail issues. Uh, and the big thing is as well, if they all gang up in the back behind the orange, we've got an orange line that's two metres from the back and yeah. everyone has to be that side of the line. Okay. And there's quite a common case when they get all a bit excited because it's their time to come up and the green light's on and they all yeah, huddle yeah. up to Woo! the door. Yeah. And then I suddenly hear the stall warning going off and the yeah, nose is going up. Way. And I look yeah. behind me and there they are, a bunch of meerkats <laughs> kind of staring at the back <laughs> of the banger, <laughs> trying to escape. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Listen to the pilot. I think, yeah, the, and even with full power and pitching forward, you're still in a deep stall. So in, until they move forward, sometimes you can't get out. Wow. I, have you had to sort I of say? I actually been there. Yeah. Have you had to much, say to like people, uh, you need to shift because? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and they, they get, they get quite obedient. On the ground. They, they're quite obedient, are they? They do as they're told. No, 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 they're feral okay. cats. <laughs> they're uncontrollable <laughs> skydivers. I can imagine. What's um, what's the future hold for you then, Stuart? What what do you want to? What's your your uh, you know your plans for the future? Because we know you. Well, you, you know, if anyone's from British Airways here, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm waiting for my gold-plated pension pilot oh, oh, obviously, job. Obviously, yes. <laughs> Go to that same. See, so you wanna you wanna fly with one of the big carriers? Yeah, I'd like to. I want progression in my. I, I really love what I do. Actually, I do love what I do. Two years now. And, yeah, but and you, I, you, you, everybody's got to have aspirations, haven't they? I mean, yeah, you, exactly. You, you've, you've all, you all, everybody's got a dream of, of what they'd like to do instead. I want to go and do Neville's job for a living. That's what I actually, <laughs> actually Neville, Neville's put in the uh, chat room here. Uh, he's, he's actually said oh. to you, Stuart, don't forget to plug yeah, your restaurant. Yeah, because ne Neville has want? been, of course. The Free Cooks restaurant, yeah, just absolutely. Uh, there, yeah, the absolutely. Best yeah. food in East Anglia, probably. Yeah, it is, absolutely. No, we can, it's, it's not it's probably. Um, it is. Yeah, so there we go, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to see a really cheesy picture, so you can go, go to about <laughs> us. Okay, all right. Oh, I do like a cheesy picture. It has to be said. Uh, oh, look at that. Mm, oh, there's desert. Food pictures yes, there, absolutely. Yeah. We yeah, like it food, has to be so. said that, that uh, it is uh, the, the premium restaurant here in the area. So if any of you guys, any of you listeners are in the UK and you want to go and treat yourself to a really, really mm. good meal. Oh, dear <laughs> God. He <laughs> wasn't kidding. That is an atrocious picture. Where did you find that? Oh, yeah, dear. that was at Bungie Castle when we were doing an outdoor event. Right. Okay, rather like you are today. Keep in the theme, yeah. Anyway, now, back I to the aviation. I should have worn a flight suit, yeah, for <laughs> today. Back <laughs> yes. to the aviation. We, we have one last question to ask you uh, sure. before we wrap up the interview with you, Stuart. And it's a question we always ask all the pilots we interview on the show uh, at the air shows. And that is, if given the chance to fly any aircraft in the world, either retired, flying, Ooh. money was no object, yeah. you and jump you, in any you, were, you were given the opportunity to fly this aircraft. Here's your type rating. Here, you know, what, what would it be? You could have given me some pre-warning. I know. There's, there's too many. To catch no, no, to to you. you, you're allowed more than one. You can have more than one. Give us a top three. Oh. Top five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we tend to find a Spitfire is quite a popular mm. one. Yeah, they're quite yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah, Spitfire's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. A lot of oil leaking though, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like a clean. Tidy yeah, no, plane. I'd rather like yeah. fly a modern. Pilatus PC9 like military trainer than fly oh, yeah. a Spitfire because right. I'd rather fly something with a turbine that's got some yeah. kick-ass. <laughs> I mean Spitfire's a beautiful aircraft, yeah. elliptical wing and yeah they are a bit of our history but yeah. I'd rather fly something with a decent engine and maybe a bit more well-built. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry if you're listening, Cat Denal, he, yeah. he doesn't want to fly the Airbus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stop it. There's nothing wrong with an Airbus. Pack it in. You, honestly. Um, well, Stuart. Oh, Tony S. Oh. is actually put in the chat room do, P- uh, do Plain Talking UK listeners get a discount? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can sort something out. Oh, oh, you see, that's <laughs> excellent. Yeah. excellent. Well, Stuart, as or well, f- finally we've got. Finally, you on the we've show. managed I'm to get you. So in excited! Yeah. It's been brilliant. It, and as I say, seriously, uh, the three cooks. .co.uk it's the and then the number three cooks.co.uk and it is a fantastic restaurant. And if you ever want to come for a fun flight at Beckles, yep. Or a lesson, yeah. Or you want to, yeah, yeah, you want to learn yeah, how yeah. to fly, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 Stuart is your man. Booking. Yeah. Or come for a tandem skydive if you're that crazy. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you've lost all your marbles, <laughs> come and jump out of an aeroplane. Uh, so Stuart, thank you ever so much for yeah, your time. You, I know you've had a busy day, so we won't hold you up any longer. Yep. But all the best, Stuart. You're a star. Oh, Thanks, I'll, I'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah more lessons. When you've done your exam. I oh, know. Yeah. More exams. More exams. <laughs> Yay. Oh, wow. Wasn't that fantastic? I know. After all the time, we finally managed fact, to get actually, to speak to him. Uh, and this this here is a picture of the actual Cessna caravan that he flies. For the guys yeah, in the YouTube chat room, you'll be able to see there is a picture yeah. there of uh, Golf Uniform Kilo Papa Sierra, the aircraft that Stuart flies at the uh, flight school that I'm learning to fly at. Now, he has promised us that he uh, he's actually going to come into the studio one day. He and, has, yeah. And, uh, and that, yeah. But uh, as I say, I we hope had you to wait so that. long for that interview. Uh, mm. <laughs> it may be a while. But, yeah, uh, I hope you all enjoyed that yep. uh, little chat with Stuart there. We finally finally got him. And he was, uh, yeah, he's good. He's a really good, uh, he's yeah. very thorough. And, yeah. a, and a great way to bring episode 133 to a close. Now, you've got a little yeah. bit of housekeeping to do Just uh, a while little we've bit. been on the air. While we have been on the air, um, we're going to have to say a, a massive thank you to Ben Todd. Uh, I think Ben was in the chat room as well, mm, actually, earlier. Yeah. So a massive thank you to Ben Todd, because Ben has just become uh, our newest uh, Patreon donator to the show. So a massive thank you to you, Ben. And uh, we do obviously really very much appreciate uh, the uh, donations from, very from much everyone. So. Yeah. yeah, so thank you to that, Ben, and, and to all our other patrons. We really yeah. do appreciate the support that you very kindly give us. It helps just. Oh yeah. It helps us sort of spread the load because I mean, obviously, myself and Carlos have to put our own money in into the project, and it's nice to have a little bit of help from mm. those that, that listen. So yeah, we do thank appreciate you very it. Much. Yeah. So that is where we bring episode number one hundred and thirty-three to a close. <laughs> um, it's uh, Carlos has now got to go and pack about a million. Bags. No, uh, no, no. One suitcase. One suitcase. Twenty-three kilos. Yeah, whatever. And yeah. one hand, hand luggage bag. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so and I've got ne- my digital scales. Yes. Because I'm not going to go overweight. No, so no, no. That's no. good. Indeed. Uh, and uh, and as a result of that, whilst uh, Friday night recordings are very popular, mm. unfortunately because of time differences, etc., um, the time I finish work and the time that Carl, obviously the time difference that Carl's got, because you're going to Oman. 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 Um, yeah. means I'm afraid a 10am Saturday recording for those who want to join next us week. live next week yeah. so yeah. it'll be next or the next Saturday next, Saturday. Uh, next week's yeah. show will be on Saturday and it will be uh, at 10am uh, mainly to fit round that's, uh, um, that's Saturday the 15th Saturday the 15th of October yeah, absolutely next Saturday so yeah join us for that if you can yeah so we're going to bring episode 133 to a close. Thanks to everyone in the chat room who's joined us live this evening. Been a lovely um, busy chat room. Some, again, some of the guys yeah. we have to had to go because yeah. they're they're. Uh, Stu Black says, "Don't forget your underwear." By the way, oh, I yeah, won't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, thanks to all you guys in the chat room. Uh, too it's many names to mention. It's been a yeah. mega, mega, mega chat room mm. tonight. Uh, loads of discussion in there. 
And uh, thanks to everyone who's wishing me a good holiday. I will uh, try and enjoy myself, especially on that lovely Dreamliner Dash 9. Oh, oh. here we go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, anyway, so that's it then, guys and girls. Join us next Saturday for uh, the show live from Oman. And uh, Matt will be in charge of the PTUK studios yeah. uh, on his own here, I apart will. from having yeah. Poppy with him yes, uh, for next week. Poppy, so make will, sure Poppy will be pressing all the faders oh, yeah. for me. Yeah, so make sure you, uh, you look after Matt. Yeah. Uh, next week they in will, the chat they room. will, they will. Don't you worry yeah. about that. Yeah. So that's it then. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. And uh, Matt's going to go to the wide shot now so we can yeah, wave at everyone. Yeah. So from us here in the PTUK studios, it is have a great weekend and goodbye. Bye. Woo-hoo.